0: What is going on everybody? How is everybody doing today? Welcome back here today to episode 18 of the Just Ball On podcast. Today's episode is going to be a first on the pod and we're going to be doing a mock draft. This is going to be my second mock draft that I've done so far this season. I made a YouTube about one a couple weeks ago. You can check that out. And this one is going to obviously be different. This one's post trade deadline, post all-star break. And then we're kind of getting into March. March Madness is starting soon. And I'm excited to do this. It is going to be a lottery mock draft, though. So I'm only going to go through 1 to 14. If you guys want to see maybe a full 30-team mock draft, let me know. And I'll definitely be working on that. So you can let me know that. But I did something new today. So obviously, I could have went with the NBA Sandings. And I could have had the Warriors with the number one pick. Cavs with two. T-Wolves at three. Hawks at four. Etc, etc, etc. But what I did was I went on Tankathon... And I randomly simulated the lottery because you know what? The, the way the NBA settings are now, they're not that's not how the draft lottery is going to be. It's going to be 100% different. Or at least we're going to see five teams probably in different spots from what they are right now. So I thought, why not? Let's go on Tagathon and let's randomly select a lottery and let's go from there. I thought that would be fun and something different and it's kind of realistic because we're going to go through a lottery in May or whatever it is, and I think it will be kind of realistic to do. So, how the moder- how the lottery, not the lottery, how the lottery turned out was the Detroit Pistons won the lottery. They jumped from pick six to pick one. So I thought that was pretty cool. There was actually not a lot of movement in the one I did. Uh, there was five changing spots, but honestly, if you two them um, a lot, you'll get, like, 10 teams move spots, it's crazy, so, yeah, Pistons are at 1, Cavs stayed at 2, Hawks went up from 4 to 3, Warriors dropped all the way from 1 to 4, Timberwolves dropped from 3 to 5, so they're 5, Knicks are 6, they were previously 5th, and then everybody after the Knicks stayed the same, so Hornets are 7, Bulls are 8, Wizards are 9, Suns are 10, Kings are 11, Spurs are 12, Pelicans are 13, and Blazers are 14, so I ended up going with that. I'll reiterate it one more time if you didn't get like the first part of it. Pistons 1, Cavs 2, Hawks 3, Warriors 4, T-Wolves 5, Knicks 6, Hornets 7, Bulls 8, Wizards 9, Suns 10, Kings 11, Spurs 12, Pelicans 13, and Blazers 14. I'm recording this on February 24th. I believe you guys will be listening to this or watching it if you're on YouTube on February 25th, so without further ado, Let's get into the lottery. So with the number one overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft, I have the Detroit Pistons selecting Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is arguably the consensus number one pick in the 2020 draft or the consensus number one player in the draft. He's a talented wing with high level scoring potential. He's not the most efficient player in the NCAA this year, but due to playing on a bad team and you can kind of think with the talent he has. And when you watch him play, when he gets to the next level and he's playing with a lot better players, the game will translate well to the NBA. Detroit just traded one of their best players in Andre Drummond. Obviously, you can have your opinion on that trade or not. Really, They didn't get a lot in return for Drummond, but Drummond isn't too valuable with the player option and he's not really proven to be a winning player. And they are starting their rebuild now. They could consider a point guard here. I definitely considered maybe LaMelo Ball, maybe Cole Anthony, but not too much because... Um, they do have Luke Kennard, Saquon Dumoya, and Svi Makayak on the roster at the wing spots, but. I think they would like to add Anthony Edwards here, um, and I think they would like the fit of Edwards next to Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard next year now that Reggie Jackson is gone. Obviously, Derrick Rose is going to be 31-32 next year, and he's going to be an expiring contract, and they might want that point guard for the future, but hey, that could be Cade Cunningham down the line. But I think they would go Anthony Edwards here. I think he's clearly the number one player in this draft, at least coming out of college. You can make your bold picks. You could say it's going to be somebody different, but I think the safest number one pick to say is is Anthony Edwards, and I have the Pistons selecting him at number one. All right, so moving on to two, the Cleveland Cavaliers state here. Now, this one I debated hard because I wanted to go point guard because I think a point guard could go here at pick two, but the Cavs just drafted two point guards in the top ten. So um, they also have Andre Drummond, who's going to opt in. Kevin Love is under contract for the next couple years. It'd be very interesting to see what they do with the second overall pick. I think they can use it on a wing to increase their depth because they do have KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., who's having a really solid rookie year for them. He was the 30th overall pick last year, and they do have Jetty Osman. But it might be a reach to select a wing here at 2 for this Cavs team. So I have them selecting... James Wiseman. Now, I think they could trade down if they maybe at the second pick try to get assets for the future. Um, or maybe another first down the line. But yeah, I have them selecting James Wiseman. He might be the most intriguing prospect due to the lack of sample size we saw him play at the collegiate level. He only played really two and a half games this year before getting suspended by the NCAA. But with Andre drummond possibly opting in into his contract this summer, which a lot of people think he will, he could leave in 2021, or Cleveland just might be like, we don't want to pay this guy all this money. Wiseman could be a nice cornerstone addition to this Cavs team to play along Sexton, KPJ, uh, Darius Garland, and obviously they're going to probably be in the lottery again next year. Unless, who knows, Wiseman may be really good if they take him here or whoever they get in the lottery or in the top five. But yeah, I think James Wiseman... Could be a nice pick and roll uh, roller with Colin Sexton or maybe Darius Garland, who's ever kind of running the pick and roll point there. And I think maybe Drummond, I don't think he can really mentor Wiseman because I don't think Drummond's the guy you really want to mentor somebody at this moment. But hey, I think he could be a nice kind of bridge gap guy for Wiseman to develop off the bench, not too much pressure, see if he plays well with Kevin Love, and then go from there. But yeah, so I have the Cavs taking James Wiseman here. So number one overall, I have the Pistons taking Anthony Edwards. And then number two, I have the Cavs taking... James Wiseman. So on to pick three now. This one also I had trouble picking on because the Atlanta Hawks are an interesting team because they do have Trey Young, um, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, John Collins, Clint Capella. Um, That is their young core. And they don't really have a ton of immediate needs to implement into the starting lineup for next year. They already kind of have their starting lineup next year. Um, without a big free agency move or trade. Um, trade. I have them selecting Denny of Dia here. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a risk, or it's kind of a reach maybe. Um, but before the trade deadline, I'm sure the Cavs would have loved to have Wiseman fall into their laps in the, uh, in the draft. But with the additions of Clint Capella and Dwayne Denman, Center really shouldn't be in their plans for the 2020 draft. Dia could be a risk-reward wing coming over from Maccabi Tel Aviv um, from Israel. And I think he would provide pleasant force spacing for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, 2021, um, well, next year, would be a huge development year for their wings of Diha, Herder, Hunter, and Reddish. Now, I don't know if diha is gonna be kind of that defensive-minded two, or if he's gonna be a three in the NBA that you would want maybe next to Young right away because we know how Young is on that side of the ball. But I think on the offense, it could outweigh how bad they could be on the defense. But then if you're gonna have Young, of diha out there, and John Collins, they're probably not going to be a good defensive team, even though they have Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter could definitely develop into a good defensive player. Um, and he's a good defensive player for a rookie, and I think he will definitely improve to be one. But it will be an interesting pick here for the Hawks because they're not going to take a point guard unless they like LaMelo Ball a lot um, to maybe play off ball of Troy Young. I don't think they would take a big here um, like Nico Okonwu. I, I, I don't think so. I think they would go wing. Isaac Okoro, I know Jonathan Gavoni of uh, Draft Express. Had... The Hawks taking Isaac Okoro in the top five. And maybe that could happen, but I have them taking Danny Dia. I know Mike Schmitz of ESPN is big on him going into the top five. And hey, it's a foreign player. There's not many foreign wings that have come out recently that have been good. Besides, obviously, Luka Doncic. I mean, you could look at Bojan Bogdanovic, Bogdan Bogdanovic. But then you could look at, like, the Mario Hazonias of the world. And then you can go into the draft and you can find other wings that just really didn't pan out from overseas. But hey, a lot of people like Evdia. I haven't gotten to watch him this year. But I've watched, I've watched highlights, but I can't say I've watched tape of the of DHA, but uh, I liked what I've seen, and I think, you know, he could be a good player for the Hawks, so I have him going number three to the Atlanta Hawks. Now, on to pick four now, the Golden State Warriors, they got screwed over with this Tankathon lottery, they dropped from pick one to pick four, so they could have gotten their James Wiseman at one, but I have them taking another big man at pick four, since Wiseman is off the board, and that is Oneka Okomu from USC, now, obviously, if Wiseman was available, the Warriors would go for him, but since he was selected two spots earlier, by the Cavs, the Warriors will have to go with another big man here that might even be better than James Wiseman. A has been a menace on defense for the Trojans this year, and he probably projects as a better NBA big on the defensive side of the ball than James Wiseman does at this current moment. And with the lineup of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and a next year, that could be pretty good. And you would have to think that the Warriors would be back in the NBA finals conversation. And maybe they will trade this pick. I know that it's been rumored that the Warriors might try to package just picking Wiggins to make a move, or they wanted to do that with D'Angelo Russell. But now they have that Minnesota pick next year. Maybe they can make a blockbuster trade. Who knows? Maybe if Joel beats on the market, they could just do that. But that's not happening. Um, But yeah, I would really like this pick for Okonwu or for the Warriors here. Okonwu is a really good defensive player. And I think obviously with the gravity that Klay Thompson and Steph Curry kind of pull in, he could be a really good, I think, offensive player for what his role is going to be. I don't think he'll ever score 20 points per game in the NBA, but I think he could kind of be like a clink Capella type player, but a better defender, a better rim protector. And who knows, maybe he could develop a outside shot down the line. I'm, it's what everybody's doing nowadays. So hey, maybe it will come, but I think this would be a really good pick for the Warriors if James Wiseman was off the board. So now moving on to the team that they traded with at the deadline, the D'Angelo Russell trade, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So this one, is a reach, I have them selecting Obi Toppin, so the T-Wolves drop from pick 3 to 5, now, like I said, this might be the first real reach of the draft, like, Dia yeah, maybe a little bit of a reach to take him at number 3, but not, not really a huge reach, a lot of people think he might go top 5, but Obi Toppin at 5, people think he'll go lottery, but I don't know about top 5, but Obi Toppin, he could be a potential 3 and D power forward, and a nice pick and roll roller for Deandre Russell, or to D'Andre Russell for the Wolves, with a quartered backcourt of wings of D-Low, Malik Beasley, who is a restricted free agent, but they're probably going to bring him back. He's been playing really well so far for the Wolves since coming over in that four-team trade. Jared Culver, who they spent the top 10 pick on last year. Josh Koji, former first round pick. Just their, the four, the power forward spot next to Cat is by far their biggest need going into next year's season. I mean, if you think they could take maybe a combo guard here um, that could play off D'Lo like a Killen Hayes or Tyrese Maxey, sure. But I think they desperately need a power forward, especially that could be a good defender in the NBA. I think Oneko Okonwu would have been great here, but obviously he went pick prior to the Warriors. So I have them taking the next best power forward available and probably the last one for a little bit and Obi Toppin, who's having a really, really good year for Dayton this year. It's kind of hard to project what he's going to be in this NBA because – He's not shooting great from three this year, but it's not bad He's shooting 38% from three this year, which is good But it's only on 2.7 three-point attempts And obviously that's gonna be a lot different when he comes to the NBA But some of his misses are really bad It's like, oh, why did he even think about shooting that? And he's a little bit slow, but he's athletic as hell He glides in the air when he tugs the ball He's a really good shot blocker on defense And I think he could be a solid player for the T-Wolves this or next year I think he could play well next to Kat And I have them taking Obi Toppin, who is a sophomore but he's 22 years old, or I believe he's going to be 22 when he gets drafted or when he starts his rookie season. So he's a little bit older, but the T-Wolves need to win kind of now. They need to start winning. And if Toppin's going to be NBA ready, I think they should go for him at pick five. Now moving on to pick six. Yeah, I haven't had a point guard selected yet. I know, and the point guard might be the deepest position in this draft, but here we go. I have one. LaMelo ball to the New York Knicks here at pick six. Here it is. He's the first point guard off the board, and it comes all the way down to pick six. With Deandre Russell, Steph Curry, and Troy Young being the starting point guards for the previous three picks, I, I just didn't feel right on that for them selecting a point guard or a one. The Knicks, though, on the other hand, they desperately, and I mean desperately, need a playmaking point guard. While Melo might not have the highest defensive potential, but the offensive potential is 100% there. I've watched a couple games this year, a couple NBL games of him, and he, he could be a playmaking point guard the Knicks could use. He could be a nice complementary backcourt piece to RJ Barrett, because he could space the floor, and he could kind of surround RJ Barrett with a shooter, because you could still have the ball in RJ Barrett's hands, and then you could have Lamelo kind of be on the side, where obviously teams gotta have to keep an eye on him, because he's a good outside shooter, or at least the potential to be an outside shooter. He's had games for the NBL, or in the NBL this year, where he was a good shooter, but his percentages are great. Um, I believe it is under 33%. And I think he would be a nice pick and roll point or a pick and roll ball handler with Mitchell Robinson. And I think LaMelo Ball and RJ Barrett could work. I don't think LaMelo Ball will ever be a really solid defensive player in the NBA, but I think his offensive potential could definitely outweigh that. And I think RJ Barrett definitely still has some defensive potential on that side of ball. And I think they could coexist. I definitely think they can coexist. You need to surround RJ with a shooter right? Neil Aquino, as much as I love him, he's not an NBA starting shooter, but well, he's not like maybe he can come off the bench, hit a three here and there, spark the bench, play some defense, but he's not a starter. Dennis Smith Jr. don't even want to talk about him. Alfred Payton, not that guy, but LaMelo Ball could definitely be that guy. And I think LaMelo Ball, RJ Barrett, if you're going to give Kevin Knox another shot next year, we'll see. But then you'll have at least LaMelo Ball, Barrett in the backcourt, Radon Robinson in the front court. You can figure out what you want to do at the three next year. Whoever it's going to be. If it's Bullock. If it's Dotson. If it's Knox. If it's Harkless. If they bring him back. Who knows? I think that's not a bad core to go with forward. You'll have two first-round picks next year from the Mavericks. Obviously, from the Kristaps trade. You'll have... Two first-round picks in this draft because of the Marcus Morris Clippers trade. You'll have cap space if you want to go after somebody. Maybe they'll actually go after like Fred VanVleet or somebody big, or they'll just play it. Um, they'll play it lightly, like they did last offseason, and they'll try to make something big in 2021. But I think LaMelo Ball would be a really good pick here for the Knicks at six, and honestly, I don't see him falling to six when it comes to draft night in real life. Moving on to pick seven here, I have the Charlotte Hornets taking Killian Hayes. Now, the Hornets are trickier because they have a solid one through four going into next season, being Devontae Graham at the one, Rozier at the two, Miles Bridges at the three, and P.J. Washington at the four. They are going to need a starting center to play next to P.J. Washington, but I don't think I see them reaching here for one. I have them taking a starting, uh, or a potential starting combo guard in Killian Hayes. Now, Hayes has been rising up a lot of respectful people's draft boards as of late and rightfully so I'm very high on Killian Hayes personally with Rozier being an unrestricted free agent in 2022 Devontae Graham being a restricted free agent in 2022 Hayes could be a nice replacement if Charlotte decides not to bring one of those players back now moving on to pick eight here I have the Chicago Bulls selecting Tyrese Maxey who is kind of a combo guard out of Kentucky I say combo guard uh, I'll get to that later why I say combo guard now like the Hornets the Bulls have most if not all of their starting lineup in place for the next year's season, bearing any major shakeup um, with this team. Kobe White, their 2019 top 10 pick at the 1, Zach Levine at the 2, Otto Porter, depending on his health, and if he opts in, which he probably will, at the 3, Larry Market at the 4, and Wendell Carter Jr. at the 5. So they're not really drafting an immediate starter here. I have them taking Maxi, who I think is a playmaking combo guard with defensive potential. His help defense has been pretty good this year at Kentucky, which is good news for Zach Levine. I don't need to explain why. Um, I think his position is up in the air, and I think he's a combo guard at the NBA level because he's technically a shooting guard right now at Kentucky, playing next to Ashton Haggins at Kentucky. But he's only 6'3", and I've seen him in person, and he looks a little bit smaller than 6'3". He's looking like he's 6'2", maybe and a half on the floor, at least compared to other guys. He looks small. So I don't know if he'll be able to guard NBA 2s, so that's why I think he could be maybe a 1 at one point or a 3. kind of reminds me of Kobe White a little bit. But uh, I'm not gonna make that comp yet. Moving over to pick nine here, we're almost done with the top ten. We have the Washington Wizards now. I have the Washington Wizards selecting Isaac Okoro, who's a wing out of Auburn. Now the Wizards are the worst defensive team. In the NBA right now and they might need some defense next year they just might and what's better than adding potentially the best defensive wing in this draft in Okoro with John Wall coming back next season and Bradley Beal's time kind of maybe winding down in Washington you saw how kind of annoyed he was with that Bulls game the other night where he dropped 53 and he just didn't look happy on the bench it might be coming to an end soon so the Wizards are going to try to be good next year and be back in the playoff hunt a Wall, Beal, Okoro, Hashimura one through four could be pretty solid. And then you have Thomas Bryant and Davis Bertans coming off the bench. Um, or they could be in the mix at the 5. And then you obviously have Troy Brown Jr. And maybe they'll try to do something via trade. Um, I think that they could definitely be in 8th or 17 next year. Depending on what other teams do in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, you'll have the Nets staying there. Maybe they could be better than the Magic next year if the Magic don't improve at all. But yeah, I would actually really like a Quarrel on this team. Because they need help defensively. And Wall was a good defensive point guard. But obviously... The Achilles injury, we'll see how he is when he comes back. Thomas Bryant, Breton's not really good defensive big man whatsoever. Bradley Beal might be one of the worst defensive players in the NBA sometimes. And then Hashimura really isn't a good defensive player either. So Okoro could really help out that team. And they're going to try to be in win now mode next year. With the last pick of the top 10, i the Phoenix Suns selecting Cole Anthony, who's a point guard out of North Carolina. Now, if you said in September that Cole Anthony would have been selected in the back half of the top 10, you would have been called crazy, especially at pick 10. But due to his injury-riddled and inefficient freshman season, he has been very disappointing to say the least. To his credit, though, this UNC team he's playing on is horrible. It's really, really bad. And I think the Suns youth movement continuing, they kind of flirted with the playoff hopes in the beginning of the year, but it definitely, it, they're probably not going to make the playoffs this season. Anthony could be a nice backcourt partner to Devin Booker down the line, especially since Ricky Rubio's contract will be up in two years in 2022. And... You know Rubio's injury history, he could be regressing soon. He's getting past 30, and I think Cole Anthony could definitely be that successor. Play alongside Devin Booker, play with DeAndre Aiden. I think Cole Anthony could actually still be a very good NBA player, or at least maybe not a star NBA player, but definitely a starter down the line. Maybe not on a good team, maybe he could be a six man on a good team, but he could definitely be maybe a rotational guy, um, or a starter on like a mid tier team. Um, at this moment, hey. But hey, maybe we just need to see him on a good team. I, like, if you watch UNC. 90% of the time, it just ends up him dribbling out the shot clock and having to take an iso pull-up jumper or an iso-contested kind of like mid-ranger or inside shot contested with three guys near him. Just this UNC team isn't very good. They've had injuries. They've had a lot of injuries, actually, and the talent just isn't there. And Maybe if you put him on a team as talented as the Suns are, who are a lot more talented than North Carolina if we're going to compare the two, hey, he could actually be good with Monty Williams there. I-, I would like that, actually. If Cole Anthony fell all the way to the Suns, I'd be a big fan of that. Now, moving over to 11 now, we have another Western Conference team that has been disappointing this year, and that is the Sacramento Kings. Now, this one was weird because the Kings have a lot of solid players, but very few good ones. Out of De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hield, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and Rashawn Holmes, how many of those six would you feel comfortable with starting on a good team? One, two, three? I don't know. Maybe Fox, maybe home i don't know because bagley he's been injured in his first two years his sophomore year this year one of the most disappointing sophomore years i I've, I've seen in a minute i really was excited to see him play this year i really kind of liked him out of duke i didn't think he was top three in the draft good but i thought he could definitely be a starter in the nba buddy hill though good player he might be out of sacramento now, RJ Hampton, he's definitely a project at the moment, but he could be a nice guard to play with alongside Fox down the road. And obviously, like I just mentioned, tensions have been reported. I think the Athletic came out with Heald and Sacramento because he did move to the bench um, and maybe some conflicts with Luke Walton there. And I know Vladi Divac is getting under some scrutiny uh, by owner Vivek Ranadive. Um So maybe RJ Hampton could be a possibly shot-creating guard next to Fox down the road if maybe they decide to trade Heald in the offseason, now we're gonna get on to pick 12. Here we had the San Antonio Spurs. I have them selecting Jaden McDaniels, who is kind of in my as a stretch four in the NBA out of Washington potential. That's the reason for selecting Jaden McDaniels with a lottery pick. I would love to have the Spurs selecting one of the high end guards that are still here on the board, but with a quarter backward of DeJounte mary Patty Mills, Derek White, Brent Forbes, and Lonnie Walker. I just thought it wouldn't be in the Spurs' best interest to take another guard here. I almost have them selecting Zeke Nijai here but I ended up going with McDaniels. Now, I expect DeRozan to opt in this June, which means him and Admiral Marcus Aldridge will both be unrestricted free agents in 2021. Not saying McDaniels could be as good as one of those players were, but I think he could replace them, um, or one of them in the starting rotation if they want him at the three or at the four. Now, moving on to pick 13 here, we have the New Orleans Pelicans, and I have them selecting point guard Nico Mannion from Arizona. Now, the Pelicans don't have many positional needs at the moment, but a backup or potential Lonzo Ball replacement down the line could be something to keep an eye on. Ball has most definitely taken a step forward this year. I'm not going to lie on that, but he's a restricted free agent in 2021, and the Pelicans might be wary of spending major money on him after after having to pay Brandon Ingram a lot of money this summer because you know they're going to have to give him the max or their rookie max extension, and then they're going to have to pay Zion eventually in about three years, so those are two max contracts most likely down the line. Are they going to want to give... 12, 15-plus mil to Hanzo Ball that maybe a team will surprisingly throw money at. Manning could also be a Frank Jackson replacement going into next year's season because Jackson will be a free agent in July. Now, moving over to the last pick here in the lottery, I do have the Portland Trailblazers selecting combo guard Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. Now, with the last pick in the lottery, I have the Blazers obviously selecting Halliburton. And unfortunately, Halliburton's season came to an end due to a wrist injury so his sophomore season is over but he could be a very nice I think bench addition to a Portland team that desperately needs some firepower off their bench next season with Trevor Ariza having a non-guarantee next year it's all and if they guarantee it it's a lot of money it's near 20 mil um he and Anthony Simon's having a disappointing year Halliburton could be a much-needed boost for that Blazers bench honestly who will once have playoff aspirations next season because they might not make it this year. It's looking like, uh, Lillard's missing some time. Collins isn't going to be back till March. We don't know really when Nurkic is just coming back. They might not make it this year. So they're going to want to be better next year. And they're going to hopefully take kind of an NBA-ready player here rather than a project. So I have them taking Tyrese Halbert. And so let's recap my draft lottery. With the number one pick in the draft, I had the Detroit Pistons selecting Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Cavs had two selecting James Wiseman. Hawks had three taking Denny Dia over from Israel. Golden State Warriors at 4, selecting Yoneka Okonwu. Timberwolves at 5, selecting Obi Toppin. Uh, The Knicks at 6, taking the first point guard in Lamelo Ball. Hornets at 7, taking Killian Hayes. Bulls at 8, taking Tyrese Maxey. I said taking really weird there, like an accent. Taking Tyrese Maxey. Wizards at 9, taking Isaac Okoro. Suns at 10, selecting Cole Anthony. So a couple guards going off lately. Um, Kings at 11, selecting RJ Hampton. Spurs at 12, taking... Jaden mcdaniels from washington pelicans at 13 selecting nico Mannion, and the blazers at 14 picking tyrese Halliburton. so yeah that is going to be it for me i hope you guys did enjoy the mock draft let me know what you guys disagree with if you're on youtube in the comment section below and then hey maybe if you're just on itunes or apple pod you could just write a review and Be like hey i think that the pistons would take lamella ball here or just you could disagree with me i want to hear what people say and this is a mock draft mock drafts are never right so like don't think this is going to be right in any any terms for a draft. That's not going to happen for another four months. And yeah, so don't don't get too mad at me for this. This is just my opinion. This is for fun. Obviously, no two mock drafts are ever going to be the same. So yeah, let me know if you liked your team's pick or you disagree with something. Just let me know. If you're on Spotify, I'd really appreciate a follow. And like I said, if you're on Apple Pod, a rating and review means a lot. And then on YouTube, just a like and a comment it makes my day. So yeah, thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys in episode 19. Peace y'all.